0: Today with Claire Byrne on RTÉ Radio 1 with Allcare Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at Allcare Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy
1: network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTÉ Radio 1.
0: Many of you will have seen the footage by now, the unprecedented scenes in the Court of Appeal yesterday when members of Enoch Burke's family were removed from court by gardaí. <laughs>
1: Our Christian yes. me.
0: Well that was some of the Burke family outside court yesterday and this followed the rejection of Enoch Burke's appeal which challenged injunctions granted by the High Court last year directing him not to trespass at Wilson's Hospital School in multifarnham in County Westmeath. Court's correspondents have described it not only as unprecedented but chaotic fraught with a cacophony of noise at various stages of the proceedings. I'm joined now by RTE's legal affairs correspondent Orla O'Donnell and also by Mick Clifford's special correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Orla, first to you. Unprecedented is probably the key word that has been used since those scenes yesterday. Will you talk us through exactly what you witnessed in the court?
2: Yes, Claire. Well, we overused that word, but it certainly was uh, valid yesterday. And um, Mr Justice George Birmingham, the President of the Appeal Court, decided to read out his judgment pretty extensively instead of just reading his conclusions. And he said he was doing this so that justice would be seen to be done. And the trouble started as it became clear that the court was going to rule against Enoch Burke. At that stage, Amy Burke stood up and she interrupted the judge and she started shouting about her brother's constitutional rights. I think it was at a point where the judge had perhaps signalled that he was saying that the case was not about what the Burks had described as transgenderism. The three judges then left the court for a few minutes. Martina Burke, uh, Enoch Burke's mother, shouted at them that they were bow- bowing at the altar of transgenderism. They came back in shortly after and said they would continue, but would stop completely if there was any more, if there were any more interruptions. Uh, Mr. Justice Birmingham continued, and he got to a part of his judgment where he suggested that part of Mr. Burke's case was an exercise in creating sound bites. And that's essentially when all hell broke loose. Uh, Enoch Burke called the judges a disgrace. Other members of the Burke family were shouting at the judges. The judges left the courtroom and Gardi then attempted to clear the court. And then there were scenes which were, as you say, chaotic. They were disturbing. They were, in fact, a bit distressing. Um, Enoch Burke and other family members were clinging onto furniture, onto the court benches and each other as they attempted to resist the Gardaí who were trying to remove them. Um, Some of us counted around 10 to 12 Gardaí in court at times. Uh, The Burke family members were dragged or pushed out of court, Court me first, Uh, and then there was quite a lot of chaos and quite a lot of highly charged emotions as the Gardaí attempted to remove the Burke parents, Sean and Martina Burke, uh, Enoch Burke was shouting, leave my father alone, again and again. And oddly enough, this was being repeated by his mother, Martina Burke, who was saying, leave my father alone. He also called Gardy thugs. Uh, Simeon Burke was removed from court, then Enoch, who was shouting and clinging onto the benches. And finally, Isaac was dragged from the court at, by his elbows. Uh, he sat down on the floor under a bench and then the guardie took him by the elbows and dragged him outside. And outside, as you heard in that clip there, they continued shouting, they continued chanting about their constitutional rights, about their Christian beliefs. And the whole thing was distressing to witness, um, disturbing. Um, we've ne- I'm covering the courts for almost 17 years. I've never seen such scenes. We all had to move from our seats, the journalists, the lawyers, and schoolchildren, um, as the scuffles continued around us. Uh, there were some transition year students in court who certainly got a more interesting afternoon than they'd bargained for, and some even were a little upset by what they were seeing. Uh, court staff, lawyers, everyone who witnessed what happened was, I think, a little bit shocked by what had happened.
0: So tell us then, Orla, how the case got to this point and what was actually decided then yesterday.
2: Well, this was, um, Mr Burke was essentially appealing against a number of orders of the High Court but this appeal was dealing primarily with the two injunctions granted against him, the temporary injunction August, the one in the subsequent injunction in September uh, directing him not to trespass at Wilson's Hospital School. He says these orders were manifestly unlawful and unconstitutional he has been refusing to abide by them Uh, He was suspended from a school on full pay after a number of incidents surrounding the request of a student to use they pronouns and his very public opposition to that request during a court service. Uh, And he is kept attending the school even after a €700 daily fine for contempt, which now stands at around €29,000 or just under that. There were three judgments. I'm not sure if it was intended that all three were going to re- all three judges were going to read their judgments. But as it happened, matters were interrupted when the president of the court was a little over halfway through his. His case was rejected. His appeals were rejected comprehensively. Um, Mr Justice Birmingham said in the first. In relation to the first injunction it was inconceivable that any judge wouldn't have granted this injunction on the case presented. He also rejected Mr Burke's appeal against the second more permanent injunction. And Judge Birmingham said that in his view the case was not about what Mr Burke had chosen to describe as transgenderism. The judge said he would prefer to use the term transgender rights. He said the school was given a choice it could respond positively or negatively to a child who wanted support and they took the view that the child should be facilitated. And Miss um, Justice Moira Whedon, in her judgment, was very strong in her ruling about Mr. Burke's attitude towards the child at the centre of this case and his behaviour, uh, she said the school could not countenance the risk that a, school would, that a student would be exposed to harm. And because Mr. Burke was refusing to say to the school how he intended to communicate with the student from day to day, uh, she said he, that there was such a risk the student could be exposed to harm. And she said the safety, health and welfare of the student was of central importance. And she also said Mr. Burke's behaviour at a school service where he publicly challenged the principal about the request from the student uh, for they pronouns to be used and a new name to be used. She said this behaviour was wholly disrespectful towards the principal. It was entirely inappropriate and she said it was simply outrageous.
0: Okay, Orla, stay with us. Um, Mick Clifford, just to sort of pull back from yesterday and take a broader view of this, just tell us a little bit about who the Burks are, why have we all heard about them so much and before today?
1: Yes, Claire. they're family from, uh, I'll say, Castle Bar in County Mayo, the family of 10. Uh, they were all homeschooled by their mother, whom all referred to there, um, who also, I understand, uh, had a sort of a school there that may have included some from outside the family who were homeschooled there. But they all went on. They were highly educated at third level as well, and a number of them attended university, NUI Galway, as it's now called, and that forum was where some of them came to prominence. In the first instance, they had a very early legal victory, not they specifically, but Isaac Burke, one of them. He um, took an action against NUI Galway on the basis that his PhD supervision was sorely lacking and that he did not get a proper education in that respect. And Judge Raymond Gork uh, agreed with him, and awarded them 13,000 euros in damages. So that was an early victory from that point of view. However, and there was a related case to that, also concerning NUI Galway, and that involved an action by four of the siblings, Enoch, Amy, Isaac and Kezia, and that was brought to challenge a lifetime ban from membership of college societies in the university. Now, the siblings were all members of the Christian Union Society in the college, and their claim was that the ban was discriminatory under the Equal Status Act on the grounds of their religion. Judge Grourke found that, yes, there were procedural issues around the ban and how it had been imposed on them, but he also said there were aggravating circumstances. And he listed some of those, and they included the siblings who failed to cooperate with an investigation. Um, their efforts to hinder the investigation, their failure to give a truthful account, and, he said, from the bench, their fabrication of accounts and their misuse of CUS funds. Now, that was that, and then bring it forward to the pandemic, and we will all remember the daily um, press conferences that were held by Tony Houlihan and his colleagues in the HSE. And la- I think it was in late 2020, um, Jemima Burke, another of the family, she had very robust exchanges with Tony Houlihan at one of those press conferences. Her questioning was described as intemperate, and the video of the exchanges went viral. So they came very much to prominence in relation to that. Now, then, finally, before Enoch's latest um, issues with, with, with the court, there was Amy Burke, who was a solicitor. She was employed by leading law firm Arthur Cox in Dublin. And between... One thing or another, she was dismissed. There was interpersonal issues and there were some issues that were brought to various forms within the practice and ultimately it led to her dismissal. She brought an action against that to the Workplace Relations Commission. Now, at the outset of that hearing, she objected to the adjudicating officer because she said he had connections to Arthur Cox's counsel. In any event, the hearing continued, but it was repeatedly interrupted, first of all by Amy herself and subsequently by her mother. In the end, the adjudicating officer decided that he couldn't hear the case and therefore had to throw out out simply because it was impossible to carry on with the public hearing. Uh, subsequent to that, Amy Burke went to the High Court over the issue and there the judge threatened to turn off her microphone if she didn't stop interrupting, but that seemed to be the end of any interruptions. In that affair. Those all preceded then the latest issue, which is around, as Orla out, laid out, in a park in the school and his issues there.
0: Now, I know you weren't in court yesterday, Mick, but you have been in court many times over the years and you've heard what Orla has described there. You've seen the pictures, you've seen the footage. Have you ever seen anything like it before?
1: No, I, I absolutely never. I mean, just to give you a flavour, I've been covering courts for over 20 years, a flavour just a few small kind of things. One, there's very high-profile gangland murder trial, and you could nearly feel the violence in the room at the time when the widow of the deceased person came to give a victim impact statement. Uh, there was other things like, um, for instance, at the end of another very high-profile murder trial, the whole court erupted in cheers, including, I have to say, somebody, gardy It was literally a, a release of pent-up emotions, I had never seen anything like that prior to that. Another issue, a civil case, uh, a, a judge jailed uh, some of the protesters for uh, a couple of weeks or something, and somebody shouted up from the back of the room at the judge, shame on you. And, and I recall distinctly seeing the judge leaving the bench at the time, and she, you could see her pausing to decide, will I deal with this, or will I let it go? And she decided to let it go. But those are the kind of things I've seen along the way and nothing would compare to what happened yesterday.
0: So Orla, coming back then to what the court does and where this goes from here, mm. what options are open to the courts to deal with this uh, type of protest?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's very difficult, Claire. Um Enoch Burke has already been held in contempt of court uh, for defying court orders. He's already... Um, exposed to a €700 daily fine. And as I say, that fine stands at around €29,000 as of today. Um, And he has been imprisoned. He was released from prison just before Christmas and the judge said he felt that uh, Mr Burke was exploiting prison for his own ends and for his own, I suppose, publicity or to further his own cause. Um, So there is a difficulty in how uh, they deal with matters such as this. What has happened on previous occasions, um, at a previous occasion in this case, um, the appeal court called all the parties in and warned Mr Burke that if he continued to defy court orders, they may uh, they may have decided that they weren't going to give any judgment in his case. And they immediately got up off the bench, left the courtroom immediately, um, um, and there was no opportunity for anybody to say anything. And even if anything was said by the Burks, it was in the absence of the judges, and the courtroom was empty. And things, you know, the the, the tension and, and anything else dissipated very quickly, and everybody mm-hmm. left court um so uh, you, the the combination of events yesterday the, the reading out of the judgment and it becoming clear that the judges were not agreeing with the burks and then um the, the the interruptions and then the attempts to clear the court led to these scenes yesterday um it's very difficult to know how anybody's going to deal with this there have been so many uh, proceedings over the last few months. There have been twists and turns in the tail. We have uh, seen a situation where one of the High Court judges actually ruled that Mr. Burke had a strong case and would have got an injunction to stop the disciplinary proceedings against him, but for the fact that he was continuing to defy the court orders. And even at that stage, he still would not give an undertaking to the court that he would, un- that he would comply with the orders and therefore he didn't get the chance to get his injunction. So in that in that set of circumstances, it's very difficult to see any space for compromise. You know, normally court cases are resolved behind the scenes with very clever lawyers working out ways to mediate and working out ways to come up with a solution where nobody loses face. Uh, but when you have a situation where um, one side is is so entrenched and where the Burke's very clear position is that complying with the court orders will be defined. Uh, Mr Burke says he'd be, you know, going against his religious beliefs and there's absolutely no way he can comply with the court orders now you're left in a position of what can the court do in the face of such clear intention to defy court orders. Mm-hmm. And we are in, as we say, unprecedented, uncharted territory, uh, territory that the courts are not used to. Usually um, people will you know, decide they're going to under- make the undertakings to the court, they're going to back down, they're going to find a different way of dealing with matters, or the heat goes out of the argument anyway and the matter just you know, d- disappears eventually.
0: McClifford and Orla O'Donnell, thank you both for joining us on that this morning. Email todaycb at rte.ie.